0: Welcome everyone to Hans and Shout First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hey. Today we're going to be talking about a Steven Seagal movie. <laughs> Take it away.
2: Jeff, doesn't even remember the name of it.
0: I don't. <laughs> Take it away, whoever episode this is. Alex. It you...
1: is on deadly
0: ground. There
1: we go. Steven there Seagal. Is. There's trouble on an oil rig. And he's got to put on his best Native American jacket to stop it.
2: That's so you can tell he really cares because he's wearing the jacket with the the, the little Native American eagle totem and the uh, I don't know what you call them tassels.
1: Oh, they're tassels, all right. All
2: uh, right, yeah. It's it's a well tasseled jacket.
1: Yeah. she Sage, I'm looking at the cover for the poster in the movie. It's awesome. <laughs> it's got beads on the shoulders. Yeah, it does. So they bill it as a. Envi- environmental action adventure film. I think there's a lot of, this came out in 1994. So, um, there's a lot of backlash at oil companies for doing something. No, they're all very responsible now, thanks to Steven Seagal in this movie.
2: <laughs> yeah, we've all and, learned our lesson. Mm-hmm. Thank God for Steven Seagal. <laughs> but, um. I'm sorry. Thank the, uh, the spirits. Yeah,
1: the totem totem animals. So they're doing a, uh, they're, it's an oil refinery company, and they're doing some shady stuff, which is causing people's lives to get endangered and uh, pollutants to get into the ocean,
2: hinging upon the 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 native Alaskans. I don't know if they they, say what they are, but the Inuits or not sure. But anyway.
1: Oh yeah, that's the that's the one of the the plots of the thing. The They purchased the oil rights from local Alaska natives 20 years ago, but they're going to lapse if a refinery isn't online by a certain deadline. So that's why the oil company is, like, cutting corners and putting everybody in danger to get this thing up and running. And, of course, it's Michael Caine who's the main antagonist. Who? M- Michael Caine.
2: Michael Caine. Mm-hmm. With, by the way, so let's get this out of the way now. Uh... This is an excellent bad movie, night movie. Mm-hmm. There are some amazing things going on here. Starting with Michael Caine's hair. Uh, <laughs> if it doesn't feel like watching the whole movie. Just watch a clip. Uh, he either dumped a bucket of shoe polish on his head or was wearing a really bad tube. Either way, he looks ridiculous.
1: <laughs> he looks like Michael Caine, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. A little chewing of scenery there. Mm-hmm.
1: this movie has one of my dad's favorite jokes of all time from any movie where um, the uh, the rig foreman calls in Forrest Taft and that's Steven Seagal's name in the movie he's playing Forrest Taft and he calls him in because Forrest Taft is an expert at putting out putting out oil rig fires and drilling and stuff like that so he pretty much tells him, "No, I'm retired. I don't do that stuff no more."
2: And in his, in his squintiest voice,
1: right? And the former goes,
2: Jeez, Forrest Taft, don't you even give half a shit?"
1: And it's that line right there that my my, my dad spit out his beer
2: for whatever <laughs> isn't reason. Line, isn't the line following that where Skull says something about how he'd fuck anything for three hundred ninety thousand dollars? <laughs> something weird like that.
0: Oddly specific
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah It was, it was. Uh, Again you gotta watch this
1: Oh I think that might be The money that they're offering him To work on the oil right uh, But he won't put out that fire So my dad loves that joke And he repeated it ad nauseum For about two weeks
2: is, How's that even a joke?
1: I don't know But just the, I think it's the fact that He Taft doesn't even give a whole shit He doesn't even give half of a
2: shit You damn right mm. So, so are there other are levels of shits to be given.
0: Yeah, and Dude, half of them, half a shit, of them.
2: quarter of a shit,
1: for four an four eighth of a
2: shit, a sixteenth, and that's that's just an American shits. Yeah, who knows what's you go metric.
1: But yeah, he ends up actually eventually uh, working for the oil rig or seeing what's up, really, because the rig foreman gets eventually gets caught, tortured. They cut off his fingers with stuff. And he gets killed, and a very
2: it, like uh, out of place torture scene. Yeah, it was very... <laughs> I get, I get that it was this is basically an 80s action movie, even though it's in the 90s. Uh, but they went a little over the top with the the tone for for a few scenes. Uh, well, the torture torture scene being one of them, the awkward love scene being the other. <laughs> yeah, uh, Steven Seagal's good at. At snapping limbs, not so much when it comes to...
1: Not slapping one-niners or... No, he's good at those.
2: To, no, I was going to say, not so good at uh, wooing the ladies. There's something about that, that squint that, that makes <laughs> women melt, though, I guess. I don't know.
1: I guess so. But,
2: uh
1: yeah. He goes... He sees his buddy is dead, and then he just goes to the oil rig and wrecks shit. Starts killing everybody, snapping limbs.
2: So, so he makes the whole thing. So he blows up the oil rig in the beginning to put out the fire, which, which I guess would work, except he's standing like 10 feet away from the whole thing.
1: Yeah, but he's squinting, it so his eyes just, are
2: safe. He is squinting, and he doesn't tell anybody about it. So <laughs> there's, there's innocent civilians just standing around. They could have been totally murdered because he didn't warn them that this massive explosion was about to take place. Yeah,
1: hey, I knew what I was doing.
2: But yeah, I guess he's such a badass that uh, he's able to control the power of fire. He's perfectly safe.
1: <laughs> Osigo, oh, he pretty much just broke that that fire's arm. Is what he did.
2: He snapped. He snapped the fire. Yeah,
1: he snapped the fire's arm.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> Very nice, Jeff.
2: What? So is this before or after? Uh...
1: For you listeners, this is good radio, by the way. For you listeners, Jeff just changed his Skype profile to Steven Segal with a panda. And he's wearing, like, I don't know, four or five gold chains.
2: <laughs> well, he's got one chain for every chin. skull <laughs> yeah. uh, was...
0: yeah. cares about pandas. You should, too, cares, Scott.
2: Seagal cares about three things. Well, four things. Snapping limbs, uh-huh. the environment, That's right, pandas, mm-hmm. and arming Russia. <laughs> oh,
0: man. He does not care about looking cool running.
2: It's <laughs> no, not, he not. not even on his list. That doesn't even make I think at this point in his career, that that information has gotten back to him. So I, I believe at this point, between this and uh, Under Siege 1 and 2, you don't see him do much running at that point.
1: But notable uh, side characters, side actors, supporting actors are Johnny C. McGinley. Johnny C. One of my favorites. And one of my personal favorites. Wait, wait,
2: wait. wait what's his character's name? Magruder. 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 It's Magruder.
1: Now, let's give you. I'll give you guys uh, some guesses to see who played Otto, the other henchman.
2: Let me. I heard I, you. I looked at yeah, Does he share a birthday with somebody that we know?
1: Ah, yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah. My close personal friend, because we share birthdays.
2: Well, that's i we're on steroids. <laughs> you are the coal mate. <laughs>
0: On IMDb, it says Sven Olthorsen as Otto as Swin Olthorsen.
2: <laughs> maybe they just misspelled his name. Swin. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe it was a transitional phase. He was trying to change his name up a little bit to get extra work. Mm-hmm.
0: I also noticed that Irvin Krishner is...
2: He's got person. a cameo, yeah. <laughs> Which is insane to me. What? Uh,
0: <laughs> I didn't know if he acted in anything. Director of Empire Strikes Back. Yes, know. we know... You may know, point uh, well, you should know.
2: <laughs> finally, well, not finally, but uh, Billy Bob Thornton plays a random goon in this movie. <laughs> hmm. This is pre everything, uh, pre Sling pre Tombstone, pre Manocta, uh,
0: pre Manocta, pre
2: Manocta, primavera, primavera. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. Arlie Ermey's in it. His whole function of the movie is just to give Arlie Ermey lines. <laughs> this guy's not the student, he's the professor. Yeah, man. Who's Arlie Ermey? He's the, he's the guy that always plays the drill sergeant. Yeah. He's the drill sergeant for Full Metal Jacket, most famously. Come on, Jack. Gotcha. Gotcha. That makes sense. Sorry. I'm... Yep. No, I know.
1: There's also, uh, I guess. Well, not really a cameo since he's a B-list actor, but Mike Starr played Big Mike and he was a bully at the beginning. So and I was he's watching. some pretty racist shit. Yeah, I'm reading so... one of the quotes right now. Listen to me, you yellow snow eating w- welfare collecting redskin piece of shit. Damn.
2: Damn. He's so crazy. there's this. That's part of this big bar fight when one of the most hilarious lines ever uttered in a movie is spoken. But, uh,. So they keep using all these camera angles to make him seem huge. Like, these close-ups and stuff. But then Seagal's standing in front of him. And Seagal's like, got like half a foot on him. (laughs) It's suddenly not that big.
0: Yeah.
2: And I think this is the last or second to last movie when Seagal was still kind of in shape.
1: It might have been his last. He was was dipping.
2: Yeah. Um, So yeah, this typical Seagal bar fight. With some weird slow motion edits for some reason, uh, but yeah, he snaps some limbs. At one point, he grabs a guy by grabs guy by the balls, <laughs> and the guy screams, "My <laughs> okay. nuts!" Here you go, Mister Big Balls. <laughs> that's that's not even Mike Starr. That's a totally different guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, I, do you want to talk about the that that fight he has with him, Alex?
1: Uh, he pretty much just teaches that bully a lesson. He ends up like bleeding and stuff,
2: and then he pretty much apologizes, He's just saying, Yo, a man can change. Yo, please don't beat me up anymore. I'll say so, anything." Okay, so here's how it goes down. So Segal proceeds to like beat up everything <laughs> in the bar. It's not, not on the table. And...
1: Uh, this might be. I wish we were filming. This. <laughs>
2: Oh, that's that's Hogan-esque.
1: Jesus It looks like he's wearing fat makeup.
0: <laughs> it looks like he has paint hair. That's what nice is that? Hogan? <laughs> oh, Hogan. Hogan paints his hair.
2: Hogan when he had the uh, the Sharpie beard.
0: Oh, okay. But his hairline too. Yeah, though it's
1: pretty. Yeah, Segal hasn't had a widow's peak that good since Above the Law.
2: <laughs> so, Jesus. <laughs> so he. Seagull beats up the bar. At one point, besides the My Nuts guy, some guy randomly steps up to him and says, Don't fuck with the oil workers. <laughs> it was another great line. But, uh, so yeah, he, he confronts Mike Starr and says, Oh, we're going to play this game. Like, We call it the slap game, which actually sounds kind of tawdry. But in this case, it's the thing where you, you hold your hands out and you try to slap the other guy's hands. And Seagal proceeds to beat him on this three times, and each time he gets a free shot at him. And it's kind of unfair, because Mike Starr never gets to do the other thing. It's, I think it's easier to slap the other person's hands than it is to pull away. So, uh... That's kind of bullshit. Uh, yeah. So
1: He gave him a first shot, right?
2: Yeah, so he gives him a couple of gut punches and then breaks his nose. And he gets up, and Seagal, <laughs> Seagal says... uh the following line. What does it take? What does it take to change the essence of a man? And then the guy that just got his ass kicked says, Time. I need time to change. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> in the middle. Uh, uh, I mean, there's some other bullshit going on in the movie later on. But the, the just this random philosophical. After he's just beating the shit out of people. He he, waxes philosophical. What does it take to change the essence of a man? As as only Segal could could ponder or query.
1: Not surprisingly, this movie was awarded uh, was nominated for multiple Golden Raspberry Awards. Oh, see, worst actress, Joan Chen. Worst yeah. yeah,
2: I was gonna say Joan Chen's in this too, and she's she's been in a lot of good stuff. This wasn't one of them. Worst
1: actor and worst director, Steven Seagal, he directed this.
2: Um, Can you believe it? Did he direct I don't think he did direct it.
1: Yes, he did direct it. He oh, said... He did direct it. Holy shit, yeah, he did. He he made a deal with Warner Brothers that if they would let him direct on Deadly Ground, he would appear in Under Siege 2.
2: Hmm.
0: A
1: win, a win for
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, man. What happens in Under Siege 2?
1: Yeah, there's a train and a satellite. He's got to save his daughter? His niece. His niece.
2: Who he he's tries to he, like, he's, he's too much of a killer to procreate okay. with Mr. Lie. Yeah. Can I show you a move?
1: Actually, Seagal won the Razzie Award for Worst Director, so there you go. All
2: right.
1: Somebody was a worse actor than him in this movie. Because he only got nominated. He didn't win the worst actor.
2: There's several, several scenes on the strength of them alone that should have current. <laughs> uh, again, I, I go back to the torture scene. Uh, uh, Jeebus. The first time we meet Michael Caine's character is pretty hilarious. Uh.
1: That's where Kirshner's, uh, cameo comes in.
2: This is the first, well, sorry. When, when Michael, Michael Caine is screaming at his, uh, his whatever, his, Head of business, <laughs> whatever her name is, uh, about how the, the oil rig needs to be up in 13 days. He's just screaming for no reason. I'm Michael Caine. It's pretty good. Uh, it nice to come up in 13 days.
1: But yeah, Kirshner is the director of the fake commercial that they were filming.
2: <laughs>
0: Was it better than the real movie? Uh, Probably. Yeah.
1: It had an eagle. It honestly seemed like something that uh Trump would try and do. But yeah, blows up the oil rig hangs Michael Kane by a, a wire, Johnny C gets eaten by a helicopter. I don't know what happens to Svenel Thorson.
2: So, funny story. Uh, <laughs> they, they're, uh, having, he's, Svenel Thorson is a goon, big surprise, and he's fighting so, Steven Seagal, and, uh, I don't know if it was on purpose or not, but at one point, uh, well, th- this part wasn't on purpose, but they're, they're doing the choreography and Seagal told him, okay, just, you know, just try to kick me as hard as you can. And, you know, Sven Thorsten was like, okay. And so he actually connected. <laughs> Put Seagal on his ass. And a couple of days later, they're doing another scene. Uh, Seagal like punched him in the throat and basically knocked him out. But they, they kept, they kept that footage in the, <laughs> they kept that footage. Uh, in the... <laughs> Damn it, Jeff. What? Uh, they kept... they he, kept that footage. He They your story. Yeah. They, kept, they kept the footage in of that scene and just rewrote it to make it seem that he died. His character died. He's actually got knocked out in real life. Yeah. So that was the end of Otto. Um,
1: so Seagal, in an act of petty revenge, punched Sven Thorson in the throat?
2: Potentially. I didn't say whether it was on purpose or not. Oh, okay. But the story goes that, you know, Sven Sven got first blood.
1: <laughs> of course he would. He's Sven Oltorson.
2: Sven probably went to score some steroids. Yeah, to score some steroids.
1: <laughs> but yeah, he blows up the o rig. The rights to the land revert back to the Alaskan people, Native Americans, and he gives a big blowhard speech at the very end.
2: So I'm gonna talk a little bit about that. Credits. <laughs> he gives it's like five minutes long at the end G-S-S-H. of the movie. age. He goes talks about the environment, intercut with like all these environmental disasters that happen in real life, and then like it fades out to like shots of Alaska. I don't know, but no, no, it, it ends. Eagles,
1: eagles flying.
2: You know, it ends with uh, like a again a shaman, like blessing everybody at the con- congregation there,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and he actually calls him Spotted Eagle. He actually refers to Steven Seagal as Spotted Eagle, which goes back to an earlier part of the movie, which, if not for the scene with uh, the... What does it take to change the essence of a man? Mm -hmm. Would be the most ridiculous scene where Steven Seagal goes on a spirit journey uh, where a shaman touches him with a feather and he passes out and has his vision. (laughs) And it shows him... (laughs) It shows a bear running through a forest. And then it shows Steven Seagal running through the forest. And then Steven Seagal jumps on the bear. <laughs> and pulls out a knife and stabs it. <laughs> and then he falls, animal. He has then to he kill falls into a river. But the, the shot of him actually jumping onto the back of the bear is one of the best things I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not doing it justice. Um,
0: out for justice. Yeah,
2: whoa. whoa. Where's Bobby Lupo? Hey, <laughs> Do you want to do a movie on that one. Or do a movie, do a podcast on that God. one. Uh but uh do year. Yeah. I have a couple other things I want to run through here. Uh that's Alex has anything else to say.
1: Nope. This movie's awesome. Go watch it. So at Not on Netflix, I checked.
2: <laughs> so at one point so in during the bar fight, there's a random like lasso on the wall and Steven Seagal uses it in like a uh, Jackie Chan esque manner where he's like hooking people. And toss him around with this lasso that's already looped up. And then it comes back to the end of the movie when Michael Caine's running away. He just somehow finds a piece of rope and turns into a lasso and pulls Michael Caine and that's what he hangs him from. Upside down. Uh, so I guess that was an efficient use of a lasso. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chekhov's lasso, as it were. Uh, spotted eagle thing. <laughs> can't, I, it, I can't get over that that he they actually gave him the the name there. Uh and then uh um, last bit for me. Uh besides a cool line where he says I wouldn't want to dirty my bullets.
1: Yeah. Michael Cain is like <laughs> <Yeah>. You <laughs> fucking coward, you haven't got the guts.
0: Shut yeah. me.
2: I wouldn't want to dirty my bullets. Yeah. Uh anyway that doesn't want to watch the full movie, just watch the trailer. It's full on movie guy voice. <laughs> In the beautiful world of Alaska. You know, or. One man. Yeah. It's good. Watch the trailer. And then finally, finally, (laughs) Arlie Ermes plays the mercenary captain. Uh, His second in command is also a native. um, And his name is Tonto. I shit you not. (laughs) The guy's name is. Gemus H. And that's all I got. Is that the actor's name or the character? (laughs) Character. I don't see that on here.
1: I bet Segal picked the name.
2: You. Your character is Tonto. At least it wasn't Tonto and Arlie we just called him Tonto. <laughs> Pretty
0: racist. <ridiculous. laughs> to be a dick. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: I see Tunrak and Soluk. <laughs> and Takataka. I see Drunk Eskimo. Uh huh. Billy Bob Thornton played Homer Carlton. He did. Alright, is that it? That
1: is it. Go watch this movie, folks. It's awesome.
0: I agree. Time for Niam News. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. A uh, couple, couple bits of news. Uh, speaking of Sven Olthorsson, yeah. Mallrats Two has been turned into a TV show. Oh, look at that! So apparently there's some rights issue about making a movie that Kevin Smith doesn't own the characters for movie, but he can do it as a TV show, I guess. So he pitched it, it, it and he like got a, a few
1: Hollywood. Uh, Murky Meyer that makes sense yeah
0: and so um, there you go he's gonna he, I guess he's pitched it and he has a, a few takers already so he's moving on to doing that um, interesting it, apparently it's still the same cast so I mean we know Jason Lee does TV that's the only guy you really have to have back in my <laughs> opinion right I, I mean, don't think
2: any of those people are doing anything right
0: except for Affleck and I don't know if he in yeah, it true. either if it was a movie yeah, or whatever yeah, true. Uh,
2: if he makes a cameo as Batman. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I think the Claire Filani's had a weird career trajectory. She does like whiskey commercials. Yeah, she was like right. close. Yeah. She was close to an A-lister at one point. She was doing like uh-huh. e- Joe Black or whatever. And then, uh, yeah, now she's doing whiskey commercials. Yeah, it. after that. With an
1: accent because nobody knows who she is anymore. Oh, we know Claire.
2: What do you mean with an accent? That is her accent.
0: Oh, for real? I think it's Yeah. Like- Oh, she's English, right? But in that, um, commercial, wasn't she using like a Russian yeah, accent? She was using no, a no, Russian, no, 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 no.
2: No, she's like, she's like, uh, no, that's like a real accent. I think she's playing up like her, the lilt or whatever, but that was, she's, yeah, she's English.
0: Yes, I know that. Jade Angelou. <laughs> we need someone here for that. <laughs> uh, All right. The uh, other thing, um, just some, I found interesting news that uh, they interviewed um, Steven Spielberg about uh, Ready Player One. Ooh. And because uh, he's directing it. And the interesting thing is that movie references the 80s a lot. And who was famous in the 80s? <laughs> Spielberg. So there's a lot of references to Close Encounters and to E.T. Himself. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and he said he's going to take all that out. Oh, like, just, what? Yeah, it's just because he doesn't feel right. Like, look at how great I was. We're going to make a movie about him. Well, then he we should recuse mention, himself.
2: I mean, you gotta mention shit like Indiana Jones and stuff, where at least he was at least producing. You know, or yeah, he said the only thing that
0: he mentioned was the DeLorean will stay in, because I guess it's pivotal to the plot, which I don't remember that. <laughs> and and that he didn't direct, right? He yeah, just that's the it...
2: well, might be, they might be using the DeLorean in the movie. I don't remember it from the book, but...
0: I think it's, I know the director has a DeLorean, or the, the writer of the book has a DeLorean, because it was on that et documentary <laughs> about the video game
2: but i mean it makes total sense that they would, he would use the delorean as like a vehicle after he got like powered up or whatever right
0: actually no by the way that documentary he borrows the De- that's right the writer i forgot his name borrows the delorean from george rr R. martin to take <laughs> to new mexico to find the landfill that were all the uh, et you can't
2: make this <laughs> stuff up i know you can't
0: <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> um, so that's pretty cool, and like I said, he's kind of oh look at him putting his own films in there, and then yeah, like what you guys were saying. Oh man, I want to see all that stuff. So yeah. that was interesting.
1: I think if anybody's earned that right, it's Spielberg.
0: I think so too. I mean, the '80s were Lucas and Spielberg. Like that's <laughs> that's no, you can't question it. Yeah.
2: So so think... some of the casting is rounded out on that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we have mentioned some of the the main characters, anyways. So Ty Sheridan is Wade Watts. Um, who I don't remember for anything. Olivia Cook, who I also don't remember for anything, is Artemis. It's just a cook um, but they, but they a have, asshole.
1: <laughs> if they were gonna find out.
2: But as, were... uh, if, but as, uh, Ogden Morrow is, uh, Simon Peg. So that will be, mm. it's good casting.
0: Ogden Morrow, was he the main bad guy? No, no, been...
2: he's the, the other, like, founder of the, whatever. Oh,
0: the Wozniak to the jobs Yeah, that guy. Okay.
2: And uh, Mark Rolance as Holiday. So that's cool. I don't know if anybody saw Bridge of Spies. I did. Yeah, he was really good in that, so Who was he? He he was the spy. <laughs> he oh. wasn't the bridge?
0: No. He's the one who won Best Actor this year, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then T J Miller's I Rock. So that must be he must be the villain? Which is interesting casting.
0: No, I don't think he was the villain, right? The the main villain's a corporate guy, right? It's um I think he, he was eh about well, spoilers. <laughs> Let's not talk yeah, about yeah. it. That's true. And I think the author author's name is Ernest Klein, but I'm not sure on that.
2: Yeah, I don't know who T.J. Miller is supposed to be then, but he's in it. Yeah, no, no, sorry. Yeah, it's a different guy. That's the uh, the one. That's right.
0: Uh, another thing, just they kind of released the ca- uh, characters from Rogue One, and it's been official, which we all knew. But Darth Vader will be in it, what? so that's
2: cool. They're gonna get uh, James Earl Jones. Do some lines? I, I, I hope so.
0: Totes my goats.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Totes my goats.
0: I don't think he's doing he anything. Did. He doesn't even do voiceover anymore for anything, does he?
2: Um, I don't know. Jeez, yeah, they didn't, they, they seems... didn't get him to record for, uh, like, that one line for Force Awakens? I think they what did. Line? Force Awakens. Did he? Or maybe not. Oh, never mind. I'm thinking of the, the Ray line where they...
0: Anyway, he's not busy, so I'm sure they can use
2: him. As long as his voice. You have to is do whatever filled. they can. Show up at his house, <laughs> soundproof yeah. for a room for him, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get the man in. They're
0: gonna kidnap him like in um, Kevin Costner baseball movie, Feel the Dreams."
1: Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you just knock on the door? I would have said the <laughs> line for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, JJ comes in with his hands in his pocket. I'm taking it.
1: In.
2: <laughs> Do some voiceover.
0: To me, he tried to
1: steal a recording of James Earl Jones for Star Wars, but his dog chased him all around town.
2: <laughs> to me, <laughs> Star Wars was life. And I was good at it, too. Real good.
1: <laughs> go. It's true.
0: Go. Mr. Lucas said you could help us. George? I knew George. <laughs> he he George. knew me. George signed <laughs> this? All right. uh, that's all my news. Uh, Scott. All right, A uh, couple quick
2: news bits it's a trailer today for pete's dragon buzzy dragon yeah it was Fuzzy oh, dragon
1: i, oh, so, I have seen the trailer
2: so it's set in modern times which i guess Ooh. is okay but the the old one wasn't though so it's not like it needed that kind of update yeah but uh it is decide. going yeah what i
1: thought it was going to be a period piece because yeah. i haven't seen i only heard about the movie i haven't seen any of the trailers it's, so, it's modern, modern times
2: stuff. all right yeah. but it does sow, uh, sow, star Bryce Dallas Howard, so I'm typically on board for B D H for her projects. Uh, and then it had uh, McCoy as the bad guy. Hollywood's <laughs>
1: finest scowler.
2: Hollywood's finest scowler. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Who's McCoy? Oh, that Judge Dredd. Oh, they're gonna make a Dread too. Did you hear that? Oh, really?
0: Oh, yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah, the for anyone not that hasn't watched it, the uh, the latest Dread movie is pretty rad. I am the law. It's basically a right. rip off of uh, well, I maybe mean not rip off, but it borrows heavily from the Raid movies. But I still have to raid. see the Raid. Yeah. It's still pretty damn good, and they got it right too. They didn't contrive for some way for him to take off his helmet halfway through the yeah. movie.
0: I am the law. Yeah. 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 And, and Cersei Lannister does what she does best. Mm-hmm. Does drugs.
2: Play yes. plays
0: a bitch. Uh,
1: so hey, that's, Rob Snyder, help me with these bad guys.
2: That's the thing. So that wasn't even on my radar, though. Like, you know, we talk every once in a while about the, these Disney remakes. And I never even thought of Pete's Dragon. But there you are.
1: Maybe it'll be the uh computer wore tennis shoes next. It they'll could bring, be. They'll bring back uh, old what's-his-face. <laughs>
2: Old oh, Hercules,
1: oh, Kurt Russell, thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: oh, Russell, oh, Kurt Russell, uh,
0: saw so that. Hey, wasn't wasn't Pete's dragon the the head float in the Electrical Parade? Yes,
1: yes, it was, Jeff. He good, was good. Pull. <laughs> yeah, you saw glow
0: sticks in front of that thing for a year. You'll remember everything about so, that. Uh,
2: right. For those that have never uh, experienced the Main Street Electrical Parade. Uh, that song will be stuck in our heads forever. As with most Disney songs, so that's kind of nothing new there. But go to YouTube, you can watch yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, you don't even have to be there to get the song stuck. Uh, so there's that. Also out of left field today, uh, there was the Jack Reacher film that, that Tom Cruise had done before. Uh,
1: yeah, that was a pretty solid film. I liked the it first was, Jack Reacher. Right?
2: Yeah. But yeah, now there's a sequel coming. Cool. Uh,
1: I hope he wears the fancy robot suit and he goes back in time when he dies.
2: I don't think he does. I think it's oh. a movie.
1: Because he's Jack Reacher. He reaches back in time.
2: Uh, but it does star uh, Maria Hill, a.k.a. Colby Smolders. What the hell? So, I'm up for that. hmm. But yeah, another action movie. I don't know how many more of these things Tom Cruise has, but that guy's ageless. <laughs> He's so looked, it's... looked the same for like the last fifteen years. Well, he keeps.
0: Yeah, we all mock his religion.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Them thetan levels, man. He keeps leveling up.
2: That's true. So there's that. A uh, couple quick reviews. Uh, I saw the man from Uncle. How was that? Which is all right. I wanted to I, see that. I kind of recommend it. It's it's a Guy Ritchie flick. Um, if you like Guy Ritchie, I definitely recommend it. Although it doesn't have the same level of cool, I guess uh, that that some of his other stuff does. Mm-hmm. Even though it's totally about spies, uh, but yeah, Superman's fun in it uh, as well as the <laughs> Lone Ranger. Uh, so, both these guys are good, and it's got Alicia Vikander; she's always good. So, there's some fun stuff in there, you know, Cold War spy action movie with. The typical guy Ritchie humor, uh, so I recommend. And then I don't stop me if I talked about this in the last podcast. But I finished up Daredevil season two. I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember. I either. haven't finished well, it either. I'll say it again. It's it's pretty rad. Uh, yeah, I finish it. So good. So just I'm adding to everybody else that's recommending it uh, without spoiling anything. Uh, Daredevil's blind.
1: <gasps> what the? Wait, I thought he could see with sound.
2: He's met Murdoch? Yeah. yeah, so you know again... But what are you then Ah, she Foggy <laughs> Uh again, I I just wanna say um so yeah, all the action and stuff is cool. But I'm surprised at how well done the side characters are. You know, the people that aren't the superheroes, that aren't the you know, getting their hands dirty most of the time anyways, like the the Karen Page character is really good. Um Foggy's pretty good
1: Yeah they do Very good Character development
2: They ditched the priest In season 2 For some reason I don't know why The priest?
1: Yeah it was, Oh yeah that's right
2: it was Like the priest Like his priest In the first season Like kept popping up and he was pretty. Yeah. Um, well
1: priest. because his consciousness Is clear now
2: Yeah Uh Foggy's Like Señor Foggy's su- Pseudo girlfriend She kind of grew on me Even though she doesn't Have a huge role Uh is it Jessica? No. Oh, Jessica um, Jones. And of course, Vincent D'Onofrio is good. All, all the Punisher stuff was really good. Like, hey, that was some good casting there. <laughs> yeah, dude.
0: What about Chorney making a cameo? Yeah, I,
2: I did like that too. I'm gonna have to finish up Jessica Jones now. That's oh, <laughs> smoking hot. Uh, yeah. So that's that's it for me. All right, Alex.
1: Well, gents, Alex. E3 has come and gone. And there's some uh, pretty cool stuff coming down the pipeline.
0: Oh, yeah. Talk about that.
1: Um, all the Most of the uh, VR stuff is still pretty nauseating. Mostly because uh, a lot of games are first person and you wear the goggles, but you still use a controller. You don't walk around or use like a, a makeshift gun or sword thingy to move around. So I think uh, people are claiming that that's the main reason for nausea mm. in VR. Uh, but I think it tends to work when you're playing, like, a horror game. Like, Resident Evil 7 is going to have a lot of VR stuff in it. So if you're feeling nauseous while walking through a zombie-infested house, I think you're going to crap your pants.
2: <laughs> okay. I, I do think we're at the point now where, I don't know, I still don't know that I'm sold on a full-length AAA video game. But as it, it it's to the point now where it's a viable platform. Yes. You can do some really cool stuff with it. Uh... I don't we'll know, see, it we'll pretty see about, cool and in Hackers. The, well, yeah, but that's when you're, like, programming.
1: And in Lawnmower, that, man. How, that's
2: how real computer programmers do it, though.
1: What about Lawnmower, man?
2: Well, <laughs> that was in virtual reality, though, right? It? Yeah. You, well, he was trapped in, I don't know, it was Jeff A. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. But, yeah, there's a couple
1: cool uh, games with coming down, like uh, Horizon. I finally saw a trailer and gameplay stuff for that. That looks pretty neat. It's got lush environments, which I think is so far the thing that developers have brought to the new generation consoles. Is like, look at these awesome environments, and they do look amazing.
2: So, so I just want to touch on on that point real quick. Uh-huh. Uh, I did notice there seems to be a trend over the last couple of years with with all these AAA games. They're they're finally we're moving away from the the post-apocalyptic, like kind of the Gears of War, Modern Warfare. Where it's all your cities new... and stuff, deserts.
0: <laughs> new it's sequels all...
2: for those coming up, so. <laughs> it's, yeah. Where it's, they've moved into, like, yeah, like lush landscapes where it's, like, forested and, you know, it, it's, like, really pleasant looking, <laughs> you know, because we've got the colors and the resolution now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I like it. I'm tired of the, the browns, the browns and grays.
1: Yeah, games in this new batch seem to be getting a lot more colorful, which is nice. It doesn't have to be all dingy and brown. So, yeah, they're putting the colors in the right spots to entice the eye, I should say. There's one game that kind of looks brown all over, which is For Honor. Have you seen a trailer for that? Yes. The thing that interests me the most about that is that they're trying to innovate the melee mechanics. It's not just push one button to do a combo. You actually get into duels with other uh, bigger characters and stuff, and you have to pick stances
2: depending on the situation. So that seems I'm, pretty neat. I'm curious to see how that works, because yeah, realistic based melee combat <laughs> doesn't sound like the most exciting yeah. thing. It sounds interesting. Uh-huh. But, you know, there's a reason you bud mash your way through games. Mm-hmm. Just on general game design. But, uh, yeah, I, I like the concept for the game. Uh, for the games Alex is talking about, we basically go through different periods of time, right? Like in history. No,
1: they're all kind of, some big cataclysm happened, and all of those. Kind of timelines, kind of mashed up ah, together. Okay. So those those are the three factions that are fighting each other: the Vikings, the medieval knights, and the Japanese samurai, are all okay. three separate factions. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Good artwork, good uh, armor and weapon designs from that game.
2: Yeah. Speaking of Vikings, ooh, uh, new God of War. Now he's gonna be fighting against the Norse gods, I guess. Mm-hmm. But the uh, the gameplay trailer looked pretty cool.
1: I'm really hoping from a, I mean, it looks amazing, of course, and they go hunting, and it's a father-son story, so it brought a tear to my eye. Especially when he <laughs> stabbed that deer at the end of the trailer, spoilers. But, uh, <laughs> I'm really hoping from a story standpoint that it's not like the same Kratos from the original God of War trilogy, that it's like, oh, this is Kratos, but he's got his own, uh, you know, Norse mythology background and stuff. Not like, hey, you were in Greece and now you're in Viking land. Here you go. So that'd be my only uh complaint
2: if that happened. So that uh new Zelda looks good, but Yeah it does you know, so is the sky's blue and water's wet and all that yeah. So, Fire
1: burns. Yeah wind blows. <laughs> Crash screws. Mhm. Yeah, it looks cool. It looks uh a cross in between Wind Waker and uh Twilight Princess from the visual standpoint. Which I kind of dig. And it's really the only thing the Wii U's got.
2: Yeah, so it's weird that Nintendo did not really touch upon their new system at all. Like, I know personally, if I was, if I were to go out and get the Zelda game, I would just wait for the NX, which is coming out in March of next year, and just play it on that. Mm-hmm. So Assuming it wasn't
1: $500. It probably won't be. I mean, the Wii, when it came out, was what?
0: $200? $150? I'm like, uh, not sure. Is it $300? Gee, is it? The Wii U is like 300 though. Ugh. But how are you going to get your new PlayStation and your new Xbox?
2: Yeah, jeez. I'm waiting for my other ones to break. <laughs> Which, based on my previous experience with Xbox, anyway, should not be long. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Just saying. Uh, one, one more game for me, anyways, uh, for the Xbox. Xbox One exclusive. Uh, sea of Thieves looks pretty rad.
1: Yeah, that looks awesome.
2: That looks like a fun...
1: Hey, let's play Sea of Thieves. All right, let's go.
2: Yeah, it looks like uh, one of the few must-buy titles for me on the Xbox coming up here. Mm -hmm. Oh, and they also showed, uh, I know, a game that Jeff and I played, uh, Titanfall 2. Oh, I haven't seen the trailer for that. So that looks pretty good. Yeah. Looks like it'll be fun.
1: Multiplayer only again?
2: I think this one's actually going to have a single-player campaign. Oh, sweet. We'll see how that goes.
1: Coolio. All right, last thing for me is uh, just recently, as in like an hour ago, before I started uh, re- uh, recording with you guys, is I started watching this show called Drama World on Netflix, of course, and it's so freaking 80s, it's unbelievable. The plot is, there's this girl, and she loves drama so much, but then she slips, and she's about to fall, but she gets sucked into her telephone that's playing a drama, and now she's in Drama World, and she has to save it.
2: Is this a Korean thing?
1: It it is not. It is an American thing. the The main character's name is Claire, and she it couldn't be more ginger. Okay. She's
0: like
2: it sounds oh. fucking terrible, Alex. <laughs>
1: yeah. They're saying there's the
2: no Korean people involved in this.
1: Oh no, there is because
2: she's in Drama World.
1: Everybody okay. speaks Korean.
2: So Drama World is Korean then. But
1: it was created by an American.
2: We're gonna agree to disagree on this one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is, but it isn't. You have to check so it out how for one episode. How it's it's ch- ridiculous. It's funny. I mean, if you've seen a lot of dramas like I have, you'll know. You know you'll know, you get all the jokes and whatnot. And it, the great thing about it is all the episodes are about 10 to 12 minutes long. Yeah. So it's like short little snippets and stuff. It's pretty cool. I recommend. Not for Jeff.
0: Definitely not. <laughs> I don't even know what trauma, whatever that word you're saying is. Drama? So. Drama? Drama? Yeah. As in regular drama? Yeah.
2: Dr- dr- drama dropping? Dr- drama.
0: <laughs> How is that a Korean thing?
1: Because they're called Korean dramas. Oh. That's like the official name of it. For once, I'm not being racist. But that's all I got.
0: <laughs> Alright, it's time for Neo, no wait, um. <laughs> Catch up up on three weeks ago that happened on Game of Thrones, Thrones,
2: Thrones. So we gotta cover two episodes, right? Um, yeah, I guess. Jeebus. So, No One and Battle the
0: Bastards, right? Yeah. All right. I, before we start anything, I think all the Starks are stupid. <laughs>
1: what about the Snows?
0: They they count. He's part Stark, so he's stupid. He's Leroy Jenkins in this goddamn thing. <laughs>
1: hey, you got to play the game.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and uh, game oh, so, spoilers. First of all, yeah, massive spoilers. Yes. Rickon doesn't know how to run in a zigzag.
2: <laughs> Serpentine pattern, motherfucker. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Sansa is a lying, dumb, doesn't trust anybody, stupid. Arya gets stabbed like she's an idiot. Ned's too honorable and tells Cersei his plan. And who else? Rob marries Ned? someone he shouldn't do and brings her to the wedding. And it's
2: Caitlin, Caitlin yeah. kidnaps the wrong person.
0: Yes. And Bran touched the tree. I don't know. Bran hasn't done anything too bad yet. No, but he touching will. the
2: tree was pretty stupid.
0: It's innocent, though. He didn't he even know. He was warned. Alright, fine. All <laughs> of them are dumb. I just have a feeling he's going to do something much worse. <laughs> I guess... Yeah. He's going to Pied Piper the, the whites into the... south. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I, I, this last episode I liked a lot. The one before that, not so much. Um, I don't know. Go ahead, Scott. Take it away any issues that you want to bring up. Or yeah, so, we'll still start
2: that... with no one... Um... Kind of that no one theme was ran through a couple different uh, plot lines through the through that episode. We had to start with Arya, who basically fights the Terminator. Yep. <laughs> that that kind of got a hold for me fast, even though it was well shot. I thought it was pretty cool the way that that chase was shot. Uh, but was there ever any doubt, like that she would you know she lures her into her little trap area with needle, finishes the job. Come on, kill me, with, here. With a gut wound. Yeah. Come
1: on.
0: Um,
2: she did, so Arya did say one thing kind of interesting in that episode, though, about uh, how she wanted to travel to the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. So it makes me wonder where the hell she's headed now. Although I guess at this point it makes, she, she would just go right back to Wistros. Because as far as she knows, oh. her sister's still there, and so is Jon Snow. Not her dad. So if she knows, her whole family's there, other than her parents well, she, and, and Rob. Rob yeah, <laughs> sorry, <and> Rob. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, she. I guess she's gonna go back, though. I. So what do? where do you think? Where? How is she gonna get there? Because that's basically the only question now. How? Yeah. Is she just gonna what? hop on the first boat over there? is she going to meet up somehow with Daenerys or with Theon Greyjoy and Yara? Um, or even Euron, I guess, because he's going to be heading that way. Or he could, she could cross paths with Varys, for all we know.
1: She'll just teleport.
2: Or she'd just teleport, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: I, don't, I don't know, I didn't think about it too much. I figured she'd just, just hop on a boat and go back across and meet up with, like, the Hound and the traveling band again. Those people again. They kind of seem like that. What would happen? Not like that. She wouldn't be searching for them, but that's where she would kind of be. It would just
2: yeah. kind of happen. I guess it would make sense for her not to take a boat to like King's Landing, <laughs> um, although she could. I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just take. I mean, where she left
0: from to go right back to that spot. <laughs> yeah, she can do that. But yeah, I, I, her storyline. I'm so glad it's over. with. She was so boring the last season and a half. Yeah,
2: I, I did like. Uh... That Nagar was like okay with everything. Like, in fact, he seemed like happy with the outcome. So I think he It's like Arya didn't like the wave. I don't think Nagar liked her either. <laughs> so
0: yeah, I don't know. It didn't make sense to me. It's like a legally thing. Yeah, no, that, that whole
2: the whole mythos that they built there doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah,
0: but you know, it's over now, so whatever. Yeah, the that, that whole thing was dumb and... It's kind of like, someone mentioned, it's like Batman, and Batman Begins, right? He goes to League of Assassins, he does everything well except the final test, and they weren't going to let him leave at that point, like, and, yeah. That's... I thought she was going to stab him. Yeah. It's... No one else is in that goddamn building, the black and white castle, whatever.
2: There's like two other people. So, so what do you think Arya takes back with her, though? Like,
0: sting, needle, whatever it is. <laughs> right. Well, I
2: mean, sting. yeah, she... So, like, what does she get out of having gone south other than, like, I guess she picks up how to fight in the dark? Yeah, that's all I got out of Uh, it. And how to lie better. Yeah, she's definitely, like, picked up some assassin-type skills, but... She does parkour?
0: No, she's going to look for a bunch of traveling monks, and she's going to stand in between (laughs) them and just walk around. She's going to wear white. And then dive into haystacks. There we we go. go. There it is. There it is. I don't know, I, I said, this whole thing, I'm just done, I'm, I don't think she learned
2: learn anything. <laughs> uh, so, so there was that. Uh, the other no one thing was uh, Cersei, who's effectively made no one when she goes to the council um, and is made to stand in the gallery uh, with the rest of the, the ladies at court or whatever Kevin Lannister says, fucking Kevin. Yeah, whatever Kevin Lannister says. So she gets knocked out. she's just been constantly knocked down various pegs this season. Although uh was this the episode with uh uh Zombie Gregor taking on one of the faith militants?
0: Yeah, he rips his head yeah,
2: off. Yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> i just fucking head, head off. Although I think uh Cersei kinda of missed up there. Yeah, she blew her load. Exactly, now they're gonna know, okay, this, this, this guy's a freak, like, we need to take special care. And surprise, surprise, they outlaw, uh... Yeah. The trial by combat. Right after that happens. <laughs> Way to go, Susie.
0: She's not a smart person.
2: Apparently. She's got a low cunning, but... Yeah. She's bad at playing the long game. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Uh... You get that, you get up with uh, more... You get a reunion with Braun and Podrick, which is kind of fun. Uh, any Braun is good Braun. That was this episode, right? Yeah. I get it all blended together. But, uh, see, it was fun seeing them together. Um, I, I don't know what they're trying to do with Jamie because, like, they, they've, they've got their way to redeem him since he, like, the first season, like... And really the only shitty thing he did was like killing his like cousin or whatever or his bannerman to help him, help him escape. But like he's been on this kind of path of redemption. And now he gets to the Riverlands and he's like, oh, I will murder everybody just to get back to Cersei. It's like, really? Like right. in the. Yeah, he could have been bluffing. Yeah, that's true. And in the books, like he basically distances himself from Cersei because she's all kinds of crazy. Um, and this though, he doesn't seem to care. So, we'll, we'll see where they're going with that. Um, and with, uh, they've been doing a lot of teleporting this season, too, by the way. <laughs> I mean, we joked about it earlier, but... Mm-hmm. Told uh, you. So, in theory, Jamie could be back in King's Landing in the next episode, the final episode of the season.
0: Uh, I don't think yeah. so, by the look of the, um, coming yeah, up it's next week. true,
2: but there are some M.I.A. storylines going on here. Mm. Uh, so we'll, we'll get to that in the next episode, um. Anything else you want to talk about? No one. Uh, more blackfish. That guy's rad. The guy's dead. Yeah, off screen.
0: Wasn't so rad this episode. Yeah. Uh,
2: <laughs> I like, yeah, you know, I like Brienne and Jamie together. Uh, you know, she he permanently gives her the sword. Whereas before, it was technically on loan, and he lets them sail away. I don't know why they had to run away.
0: Well, they didn't know they were going to let him go.
2: <laughs> that's
0: right. true when the last time you talked to him it says if he doesn't let us through then we're going to be enemies that's
2: true stuff. but it was like they walked right into camp to begin with so <laughs> but there's no reason to, right, change, just... to let her go I guess it's just kind of weird um, I guess he maybe he saved some face by not having to make that public but anyway
0: anyways the Hound is back with the uh, band of brothers, whatever they're called, and we get to see that those guys were renegades, they weren't really part, they weren't doing the, the what are they called, the band with brothers without banners. Yeah. So they hang them, and he kills two of them, and then whips his dick out and pisses in the river. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> I heard that's like, because that's the same river that um, Lady Stoneheart's supposed to come out of, and they're like, that's the... the HBO pissing on that whole storyline. <laughs>
2: uh, that would be funny if that's true.
0: And they asked him to join up, and they were going to go north. So I don't know what that's all about.
2: Was, so they're like the first people that are like, "Yeah, there's actually shit going on up there. We need to do something about it." Uh, dude, Stannis did? So that's they true. Stannis did. Uh... Well, they... <sighs> Stannis was still angling south though. After that, uh,
0: sure, but he did go up he north did, and he help. Um, the one through king of Westeros yeah I mean
2: Tyrion will care if it ever matters and he's got the the ear of uh, Daenerys, so that's good uh,
0: and then um, Tyrion was trying to drink with Missandei and Grey Worm and he finally got them to tell jokes it's,
2: kind of it's finally it's got them funny. To, after a whole season he finally got them to lighten up <laughs> but of course all of his jokes make no sense because they're all about westeros nobility and Missandei tells a translator joke <laughs> nerd
0: that girl's so hot, by the way. Jesus. Yes, and then all of a sudden, they the, the masters have returned and they start bombing the shit out of Marine. And Daenerys comes in all pissed off, flying in on her dragon.
2: I'm back for my dragon! <laughs> How come she doesn't start nuking the ships right off the bat, by the way? It's a cliffhanger. I guess. It was
0: like, wasn't it the last scene of the show. Yeah.
2: So, let's, let's move on to episode nine. Battle of the Bastards. Uh, this is uh, money episode, as it were. Uh so so we'll get to the the actual battle later. We'll start with a different battle. Yeah. battle of slavers bay in front of Marine or whatever. Uh
1: Battle of the Battle Battles. Yes.
2: So we get to see the dragons of full force finally uh nuke a ship. <laughs> with no cooldown either. They're way OP'd. Uh and yeah, they they basically make the the slavers, uh, the the wise masters, uh, capitulate. She takes their whole fleet, <laughs> uh, which leads to uh, the showing up.
0: Okay, so hold on. First of all, that's some of the best dragon CGI yeah. I I've ever seen. In anything, movies or not. When she's riding that, there's a one shot where it's a tracking shot behind her, and she's it's like they're swooping down. So good. And then the other two dragons come out. Ah, which which
2: would not have happened if Tyrion hadn't let him go.
0: I know. Don't know why they stayed in there the whole time, but. That's true.
2: Yeah. So Tyrion's <laughs> totally going to be one of the dragon riders. By the way. <laughs> so,
0: might build a little saddle for. Although it does,
2: he doesn't seem keen on actually fighting, so I don't know how that's going to work. Actually.
0: He drinks and he knows things, Scott. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I did. Oh, this guy. Go are the next thing you were going to talk about.
2: With um grey yeah, so The gray show up. Uh Tyrion gives Dion some shit. Uh, and deservedly so. But uh Daenerys is on this whole new regime or new guard uh girl power thing, so her and Yara hit it off. I do like that Yara hits on her. <laughs> yeah. That was that was pretty funny. That's uh Yeah, so now she's got all kinds of ships. I like
0: that uh She's is like your your dad's an asshole and did all these terrible things. Goes, your dad was too.
2: <laughs> yeah, she calls her. Out.
0: And then I think so they bring up uh, Tywin later on
2: too. He's like, "We're three people with a terrible father." <laughs> mm. I did mm-hmm. like the, but she's like, "Okay, we have a deal, but no more sacking, pillaging, raping." She's like, "No, <laughs> that's what we do." <laughs> I'm like, okay, fine. Yeah, she gave into
0: that a little too. Yeah, I wonder how that's going to... She goes back to the Iron Islands. Oh, we're free, but we can't do the shit
2: we do. (laughs) What the fuck? Yeah, to bide their time. Well, it's pretty easy, though, to convince people, like, hey, as long as these fucking dragons are around, nobody can do a goddamn thing, so let's be smart about this. So if that happens... uh, There's no King's Landing stuff in this episode, right? Nope, it was just uh, Maureen and Winterfell. Yeah, so we go back... uh, some fun byplay between Tormin and Davos. <laughs> have good shitting. <laughs> uh, Tormund's such a good kid.
0: <laughs> Scott, I keep waiting for you to post one of your group me shits, and I was going to send that uh... as <laughs> his response with a picture of Tormund. Uh, Happy shitting.
2: So they have they have the war cancel about how they're going to take care of, uh... oh sorry, so they, they have a parlay first um, with Ramsey, and of course he says some horrible shit. Uh, Jon Snow tries to bait him by doing single combat. And of course, Ramsey has to take the bait because he doesn't need to. They have more sh- soldiers and they've got Winterfell. Uh, so they they go to the war planning room and <laughs> Torben talks about how when they fought Stannis, his horsemen like cut through them like pissed through snow. Um so Jon Snow's like, oh, we'll, we'll dig ditches. So, you know, they won't be able to, to flank us. And Torwin's just like, what? <laughs> the, you know, like a pincer move. What? The horses won't be able to get to us. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they won't be able to attack
0: from the sides. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, going back to that uh, John challenging him to uh, single combat. I was listening to a podcast, and they were like, "Ramby's a little bitch. Why did he do that or whatever? And I was like... Remember back in like was it season one when they uh, Rob catches Jamie and Jamie says the same offer and Rob's like fuck no you'll kill me and come <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can't get I don't know I get people get always want the good guys and that, yeah I just something I remembered that Jamie's like we could end this like men right now and save a bunch of lives and Rob's like fuck that <laughs> Kingslayer yeah anyway they drop the, they're doing the battle plans and then sounds like gets mad that John doesn't ask her advice. And then she says, well, Alright, what's your advice? He'll hope, he's gonna lead you into a trap. You're not gonna trap him, he's gonna trap you. Well what do you think I do? Well just don't do what he expects you to do. He's like, well obvious and then what do I need? I need more men. And then Sansa at this point doesn't say I've called Uncle Peter. Yeah. Oh. Nope. <laughs> Old Pete Old Pete. Old little finger. Yeah. So I I saw her point, he wasn't asking her, he should be asking her advice. And she was right, but at the same time, she was so wrong by not telling him. And
2: yeah, I think that's I think that's worse. Of like, eyes. it wasn't like John wasn't being manipulative, um, and she clearly has no like war experience, so he wasn't, you know, expecting her to you know chime in with strategies and stuff. But.
0: Right? No, and then when he asked her, and she said, "I don't know," just I mean, she gave him advice like, "Don't." fall for it, when he does fall for he it. Does. So he doesn't yes. heed that yes. advice.
2: After he's the one that tried to bait him out in the same way. Right. Yeah.
0: But if she would have said something, maybe they would have postponed the battle for two hours. <laughs> or yeah. something, right? And just waited for... Yeah. yeah, Well, I think... So
2: So let's jump ahead here a little bit, sorry.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a big battle happening. Yeah, I mean, it's a, a big,
2: <laughs> amazing-looking battle. Like, medieval battle. Uh,
0: like, Rickon's killed. I guess that's the one thing, yeah. is... He releases Rickon to taunt Jon Snow and right before he gets to Jon Snow he shoots an arrow through him. Yeah. And then Jon ch- ch- charges the whole front line and you're not supposed to do that because they have their trenches dug and the whole battle and so a yeah. uh,
2: there There's no way Rickon was going to make it out of there. <laughs> just, just from a plot standpoint, from a writing standpoint, like he was kind of useless at that point <laughs> other than just as more motivation to, to kill Ramsay or to make Ramsay a bad guy. You know? There's just one more dick thing that Ramsey did, basically. And it wasn't even the last dick thing that he did, too. I was just going to say.
0: So
2: we'll get to that in a second. But yeah, so they had this big battle. Um, He had some, you know, some amazing shots. Uh, Some amazing camera work. Um,
0: The shot where Jon Snow just has his sword out and the horses are running right at him. The low angle shot was so cool on that. I love that shot. Um, Was that the...
2: uh, the claustrophobia part, mm-hmm. um, just the, the the being in the middle of a battle. Just saw the clashing of horses and swords, and how John is actually really good um, in a fight, but it's more dumb luck than anything else uh, that he survives the battle.
0: Or is it the Lord's will? Or is it th-
2: oh, the Lord of Light? Yes, yeah, this is true. It is known. He,
1: never... he, <laughs> he can come back to life whenever he wants.
2: Um, so they they.
1: Wait, they, is what's her face still around? Yeah. She, so yeah,
2: out? he
0: actually before the battle he tells her, "Don't bring me back to life." And she said, "Tough shit, I'll do whatever the Lord tells me to do. I'm going to try." And if you come back to life, cool. If not, cool. But he actually tells her, "Don't bring." Me. And she says, "No, I'll do what I want because the Lord commands me." Or so. Whatever. So yes, that's
2: oh. yeah. Um, so big fight. Um, well, we will we'll skip. Mostly what happens, but the uh, things seem dire, and the wolf the Knights of the Veil vale show up. like You, know, you just kind of see, see it coming. Um, and as they show up, you see Sansa um, on, on horseback sitting on her horse next to Littlefinger on his horse. Um, and she, for a split second, she has this kind of like a little smirk because uh, she knows they're going to win the battle. So that, that whole thing makes me think that she was... It wasn't just that she was keeping information from Jon. Like, she purposely manipulated him To basically trap Ramsay. So she wanted John to act like there weren't going to be those extra soldiers there. So that Ramsay would act accordingly so that she could spring her trap with the knight's title. I don't think so.
0: She kept telling him, don't go, don't go, delay, delay. She kept telling him that. Mm, Because she knew he wouldn't. In the previous episode, she definitely was telling him that. He goes, no, we have to go now before the winter. That's what happened to Stannis.
2: And that's why she sends a letter, remember? Right. But but she's still... But they were there. They were there and they were ready. It wasn't like they just got there, I don't think.
0: Well, okay. I think that's more Peter Baelish, waiting for the numbers to dwindle down and then he can come in and, uh, that's possible if he too. wants, take out both armies like nothing. But That's possible, too. So, yeah, the
2: Starks are... I'm giving no credit to Sansa. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, so the fight goes on. They have to... Um, you know, they win the field. Uh, Ramsey retreats to Winterfell. And then, and I felt more sadness for this part than for Rickon, uh, but yeah, Woon Woon uh, takes an arrow, well, he gets pincushion basically, but in the last act of dickishness, uh, Ramsey shoots an arrow in his eye.
0: Can I say that when you see Tormund, Snow, and Wan, whatever his name is, running, it was a very Lord of the Rings moment? <laughs> These three. You got the human, the giant, and yeah. Torment looks like a big dwarf, basically. <laughs> He's just running towards the... a
2: handsome orc. Yeah. And then, again, without spoiling John beats the everlifting shit out of Ramsey and would have killed him, but he looks up in a really cool shot. So, like, John's face is covered in mud and soot and blood. You know, his hair's plastered to his... these same things. Soot. Yeah. And you know, been. You know, beating the shit out of, uh, Ramsey, and he looks up and sees Sansa there, and she's pristine and clean and white, uh, and he stops, you know, just kind of the contrast there, you know, but he realizes, hey, oh yeah. Yeah. That, you know, Ramsey isn't his to, to kill. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: And then she releases the dogs on him, and his own hounds eat his face.
2: That's pretty good. <laughs> He still should have gotten some more come up in, so that was pretty good. Though. The end. So finally, we don't have to see him being a dick for another episode. Jesus.
1: Now they're going to have to come up with a new supervillain.
2: Oh, uh, they've still got a couple.
1: Going to feed babies to been...
0: dogs? They already did that. Again? I don't know. That's. I think finally, after this last episode, I think the next two, next two seasons will deal with the whites being the, the focus of the bad.
2: Okay, so a couple of small things from this episode. Uh,. And it was kind of some weak writing, although it was an awesome shot. Um, Davos finds Princess Shireen's little stag carving, and he realized what had happened. Or he's he's starting to, anyways. Um, So he's going to be super pissed (laughs) at Melisandre, so we'll see how that plays out. There's that. They do have Winterfell. They have, like, no soldiers. So I wonder how that's going to work. Like, are the other houses going to come in line? Or is it going to be, like, the de facto veil? And what price did Sansa have to pay to get banished there after the fact? So we'll see how it all shakes out. Yep. All right. I think that wraps up this episode, right? Yep.
1: Pretty sure it does.
2: Season finale next se- next week. For next a- season week.
0: Forgot. Yep. Next, all next right.
2: Season. So next week,
0: I want to continue... Our trip to Middle Earth, and let's tackle the two towers. Oh yeah, not one but two. And, uh, that's it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Well, I think
1: one of the kids ate the fuzzy part off my mic.